Magic Seekers and welcome to Turns Out She's a Witch. We're your hosts Tracy and Shannon and welcome to our podcast coven. in store for our listeners today. Well, today I thought we would talk about tarot versus oracle cards because I've had a few conversations with people recently and they weren't sure if they were the same thing or if they're different or how they're different and who can use them, all those kinds of questions. I thought we would cover that topic today. Well, it is an interesting question. And for people like you and I, the answer is really obvious. For, but we, I can totally see, and I get asked that question a lot too. Mm. Um, like when I say, you should get yourself a deck of oracle cards. And like, can I actually use oracle cards? I'm like, of course you can. Every, anyone can use oracle cards. Yeah. Um, but I think this is a great topic to bring to our listeners. And I'm going to have lots of questions because I was just saying um, before, before we came on air that um, I know a ton about Oracle cards and I know what I need to know about tarot, but not enough. So um, well, not enough to talk about them. So I'm probably going to be asking lots of questions today that um, are of the very basic knowledge questions because I'm going to be starting from the basic knowledge like with everybody else. So sounds good. Firstly, I want to know what's the difference between tarot and oracle? So both types of decks are used for insight, clarity, inspiration and divination. So historically the tarot has ancient roots while oracle decks are kind of the new kids in town, so to speak. However, they have Um, they are structured quite differently. So the tarot follows its own set of rules laid out by the original masters of days gone by, while the artists of oracle cards are free to do whatever they want. So uh, tarot are structured, um, it has its own set of rules laid down hundreds of years ago. So it's said that um, they were around in the 15th century in Italy. And originally they were a playing card game. So it was 70 cards. And then over time it turned into a, a divination tool once people um, placed interpretations onto different elements of the cards. So the American tarot practitioners um, use a set of cards known as the Waitsmith or the Rider Waite deck. Are you familiar with those? I, have I think one. most people. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's kind of the main one people know of. And that was created in 1909 by A.E. Waite, a British member of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, and artist Pamela Coleman Smith. Uh, another popular deck is the book of Thoth, or Thoth, I think that's how you pronounce it. It's spelled T-H-O-T-H. And that was developed by which Alastair Crowley. So they were both in the early 1900s. So while different decks these days may feature original artworks, they will all hold the same symbolism and meaning. So a modern deck I own is called the Wild Unknown Tarot. Uh, I just love the artwork on it. 
But basically, if you can read a traditional deck such as the Rider Waite, you can pick up any style of modern tarot and read that too because it kind of, that um, symbolism and meaning. Yeah, the rules are the same across all of them. So on the other hand, uh, Oracle deck creators are free to do whatever they want, really. So there's a huge range of cards out there on the market, everything from fairies, angels, mermaids, animals, spirits, and spanning many different cultures and influences. So there really is a deck for everyone. But to break it down very simply, tarot cards are structured um, traditionally 78 cards, and these cards are broken up into the major arcana of 22 cards and a minor arcana of 56 cards, whereas oracle cards are really free-flowing and they can feature almost any kind of content and have any amount of cards in the deck, like from 12 to 100. And sometimes they have a guidebook and sometimes they don't, um, if they're more of like an affirmation-style deck. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the basic rundown and, yeah, that's the main differences between the two. So when you say the minor and the major arcana, is arcana a word that is only associated with tarot or does arcana mean something? As far as I'm aware, I've only ever heard it referenced to tarot cards, but I could be completely wrong, so don't quote me on that, but that's something, yeah, I'd love to look into if arcana does have an overarching... I think from memory... um, it only applies to tarot. Um, I remember having that question years ago when I was thinking about picking up. Well, I inherited the Rider Waite deck and I was like, okay, well, now's the time that I need to use it because I'm old school so I don't really buy myself those things. I wait for them to be given or mm-hmm. gifted. Um, I looked into it and I'm like, what is this arcana word? Um, but I think from memory it was a word that is really only referenced and used in tarot specifically mm. and it's basically kind of the suit. It's like the word for suit. Okay, yeah. Like in playing cards you've got your clubs, your spades and whatever, suits, but arcana is yeah. like that, I think. Anyway, don't quote me on that either. But anyway. <laughs> Well, it's funny you talk about um, normal cards, actually, because I remember growing up, I had a friend whose mum or auntie, I can't quite remember, um, would read playing cards, mm. like as kind of like a tarot, but they all had their own meaning associated with each playing card as well, which is really interesting. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That would have been probably something that she was taught how to do, like passed yeah. down. I dare say. Mm. Mm. And so you use tarot cards yourself? I don't anymore. I did dabble in it for quite a long time, um, but I definitely lean more towards Oracle these days. Uh, but that's just a personal choice and, yeah. Mm. Mm. And, and what about you? Well, I don't use them at all. Yeah. Um, I have, I've had a tarot card reading once or twice here and there, mm-hmm. um, but I have never done a tarot reading for myself. I will only use Oracle. I just don't, like, I've tried. I have. I've tried to connect with tarot and I just can't. It's just not my thing. Not your Um, jam. Not my jam. Um, I don't know why. Mm. Maybe because I'm a rebel. I have no idea. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so so you have the Wild Unknown. That's a beautiful deck. It is gorgeous. The artwork's just beautiful. Mm. Yeah, and that's one of the most amazing things um, about cards 
in my opinion, the the artwork and the the intention behind the creation of it. Like even with your own Oracle deck, it's um it's what's behind it. Like the it's like art. It's art. Mm. And I think that's why there's a deck for everyone because some decks you'll be really drawn to and others you just won't vibe with. Like I know myself, I've probably had over the years half a dozen decks that I've either been gifted or purchased, like Oracle decks in particular, that I've bought thinking, oh, this is going to be amazing. And then I get into it and I'm like, eh, like I just don't don't vibe. And they're ones that I'll gift on to other people and they might absolutely totally. love it. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've you seem to my... find your your deck. You you, you find your deck. Yeah, you do. And like I've I've had decks that like I've, they're still in plastic, like wrapped in plastic <laughs> because I haven't even opened them because at the well, time I felt guided to get them, but I've never really felt it was time to play with them. And even one of them, like I just started playing with a new one because I've had my Crystal Mandala Oracle deck, which is from Alana Fairchild. I've had that now for about six years, mm-hmm. maybe yeah, maybe six years. Um, and it's the only deck that I've wanted to use in so long. But in that time, I've bought so many that have sat Mm -hmm. in plastic and it was only really, um, like there's been a couple. So I bought, um, Gabby Bernstein's universe has your back deck, but they're, they don't, they're not proper Oracle cards. They're more like affirmation cards. They are more like an affirmation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they don't come in with a book. They don't really come in with instructions. It's more just like pick a card for your thought for the day kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I've got the Stacey DeMarco um, moon deck that I bought, one for Laura and one for myself up at the Crystal Castle. Um, and I use that, but I only use that on new moon and full moon. Um, yeah. I don't use it any other time. Um, but I but that is the only deck that I will use on that time now. And I'm really enjoying that. And Matt really enjoys that too. Um, yeah. But in since this COVID outbreak, um, and maybe just before it, I think, but since this COVID outbreak, because I've been working from home, I haven't had my Crystal Mandela Oracle deck with me. And mm. so I busted open my Kyle Gray deck, Angels and Ancestors, that I bought um, – I can't even remember when I bought it, but I bought it and it was just sitting in this plastic. And I have had so much fun getting to know them. Like it's um, so much fun and they are spot on. Like it's... I love it. I love it. I love that obviously now is the time, but I was watching um, just before I forget because I'll forget. Um, I was watching Matt. So when we do the new moon and the full moon spreads with the Stacey DeMarco moon cards, um, I get him to shuffle his deck and get him to choose the cards. But it's so funny watching someone shuffle a deck of Oracle cards because they're big, you know, like yeah. they're, they're an, and they're not all the same. They're all different sort of um, sizes and shapes. But my hands are so used to shuffling Oracle decks that I find it so easy. I don't have to think twice about it. But I was watching him shuffle it and then the cards are flying everywhere and he's like, <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> They're like, okay, I'll shuffle them for you. But it's um, the shuffling of the decks I find is a way that I kind of, like I'm doing it right now. I don't know if you can hear it in the background, but I'm shuffling that Kyle Gray deck right now. And it's such a, um, I find it so therapeutic, but I will sit before I use a deck for the first time, I will just shuffle them for days before I even start using them. Mm. It's like I'm just infusing my energy with them, getting used to the size and the shape, getting used to the weight of them. Kyle Gray's cards are quite heavy. Um, Mm -hmm. My Crystal Mandela Oracle decks, they're bigger cards to hold, but they're really light and they're very worked, very um, 
I've touched them and played with them mm. and used them so often that they're soft and they, they kind of bend a little bit, whereas these ones are still stiff and it takes a bit of a different approach to shuffling. But they're new. Yeah, but one of my suggestions, and it's early days because we've got so many things to talk about, but one of my things before I forget is that when you get a new deck, just shuffle it for a few days. Just shuffle it Mm. and just infuse yourself and get to know them and get to work with it and get to work with how it feels and notice where it gets sticky and, yeah, it's fun. Another thing I love to do when I get a new deck as well is go through each one individually and look at the artwork and just see what comes up for me before reading the book at all. Like I just go through one by one and sit with the cards and just, yeah, see what your intuition kind of tells you um, before, yeah, once again, before you even start using them. And But Mm, I love that. I Mm. don't do that. I don't, but I don't read the book. I don't do anything until I start working with it and I choose that I will learn about the card as it comes up. Yeah, yeah. So even Actually, in I a do session, that as well. I don't read the book. I'll go through the cards one by one, look at the images, see what comes up, and then I won't actually read the meanings until they come up in a, a reading. Yeah. yeah. Nice. But you're psychic, so you wouldn't even need to read the book. Oh, my God, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> in saying that, though, um, obviously I have so much respect for the creators of these decks that I honour the way that they are intended to be used and the intended Mm. message. However, my Crystal Mandala Oracle deck, it is very rare that I consult the book because I know them so well. Yeah. I know know what the book says, but I also know how to appropriate the card to the client. But with Kyle Gray's, it's only been a couple of months and I'm starting to get to that point too where I'm starting mm. to, I know what the book says and now I'm appropriating it, which is good. But, yeah, we can talk more about Oracle later because I've got to get to Tarot first because we'll, we'll just bang <laughs> on about Oracle and we'll forget about <laughs> poor little Tarot over there. Um, so talk to me about um, the, okay, so we've got 22 major and 56 minor. That's right, yes. So... What are the 22 major? So the 22 major arcana cards, so these are related to major events, milestones, lessons and life-pivoting events. So the major arcana features cards like the magician and the high priestess, the lovers, the hermit, the wheel of fortune, the sun, the moon, the tower, the hanged man and death and devil cards, hence why I guess a lot of people shy away from tarot. Uh, But the meanings must be deciphered. Uh, For instance, the death card is about endings and new beginnings and the devil card is about restriction. So I know most people dread getting the tower card as it usually heralds sudden change and the need to surrender to the storm. So, yeah, that's kind of the basic rundown um, of the major arcana cards. Um. Okay, and then the minor? The minor cards, there's 56 of those, and they reflect day-to-day events. So the minor arcana are arranged into four suits, so similar to your playing cards, and in groups of 10 of each. So you've got swords, pentacles, wands, and cups. So each suit has a ruling element and corresponds with a specific area of your life. So, for instance, pentacles represent the earth, achievement, and money. Wands represent the element of fire and action. Swords represent air and decision-making and intellect. And cups represent the element of water and emotion. So each has an overall theme based on the number as well. 
So for instance, card number two of any suit is usually around duality. Card number seven uh, of any of those suits is around faith and card number 10 is around completion. Um, Yeah. And then you've also got court cards. So these represent a person. They reflect personality traits and can give an insight into someone's motives. So they're represented by the page, the knight, the queen and the king. So yeah, tarot does require very detailed interpretation because each card Mm. holds so much um, symbology and meaning. Uh, Yeah. Mm. And And then also, yeah, the rules and it also works in with what other cards are there. And you could go down into the rabbit hole because even if, you know, cards are upside down instead of the right way up, it changes the meaning and, yes, there's a lot to it. It's a, it's a fine art. It's um, something I would love to delve more into in future. As I said, I dabbled. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't call myself a tarot reader by any means. Uh, I know my sister-in-law, Jamie Lee, she's right into it and she's done, like, short courses and things on it and really honed her skills around tarot. Uh, but it requires dedication, I think, and a, a very good memory. Yeah, because it's like it's learning. It, it's yeah. learning the rules and learning how to read them and then interpret them. But then the layer on top of that is the intuitive layer where you intuitively link it to what it is that you're working with or who you're working for. So mm. when we work with the major and the minor, so do you just shuffle a tarot deck and then with all the cards And then you have, I know that you have a certain spread. So there's lots of different spreads that you can choose, but I know that there's the traditional Celtic cross Mm -hmm. spread. So you, so do you put all the cards in one pile and shuffle and then do the spread from the top of the deck? Or do you take some, do you take the minor cards out or do you take the major cards out? Like, is there a separation of the two? In any no, yeah. As far as I'm aware of how I've done it in the past, and also how I've seen other people do readings for me, um, is yeah, you shuffle the whole entire deck together, so mm-hmm. you won't know what comes up, whether it's major or minor arcana. Um, yeah, I used to actually get readings. Um, pretty much, my first reading I ever had when I was 17 was by this beautiful uh, Scottish woman that I know uh, here on the coast. Her name's Georgie McLeish. And so she would uh, read tarot and also use a piece of your jewellery. So what's that called again? Um, Psychometry. Psychometry. So she would, yeah, um, I used to give her a ring and and she knew the tarot inside out, upside down, like everything. It was amazing to watch her work and she would uh, get me to shuffle the deck and then split it into three three piles and then choose a pile and then that's what she would lay the spread out from that particular pile so that's just Ah, how she worked yeah and then she'd do like the full Celtic spread and I've had that happen too it was the same thing I had to put it into three and then pick the one that pick the one that I wanted yeah actually yeah because I was I was 17 when I had my first tarot as well so that's when you said that I was like same I love it I still clearly remember um the reading actually because I just started dating Boo and like we were early days and I remember being told that he yeah would basically be my husband one day and um same oh and I remember (laughs) sitting there going no freaking way like I've just met this guy I'm 17 I'm traveling the world I'm gonna be in a band and (laughs) all this stuff next minute (laughs) next minute married at 20 (laughs) 
<laughs> pumping out babies. I know, right? Gosh, who would have who would have seen that? Well, Georgie did. <laughs> yeah, I've still got my reading at seventeen on cassette tape. Wow. Um, and I just need a cassette tape player, if I'm being honest. Like, that's what I'm looking for now, a player. <laughs> but um, same. I saw this lady. Her name was Hazel. She's passed on now. She was extremely old. And she was also Scottish. Um, and she was a chain smoker. And her voice is like this in the cassette. <laughs> <laughs> like, real, like, stereotypical, like, dark door walking in and there's smoke everywhere and she's got a tarot cards and you know real typical kind of witchy tarot lady Um, but she was amazing and she said that um that I the person that I was going to marry um would be fair fairer than you because I'll never forget hearing that because I listened to that tape over and over again and she said but he's going to have a European connection I'm not sure if he's from Europe but he has a very strong European connection. So my husband, Matt, um, is born here and he is half Scottish, half Irish, born in Australia. And, but he's, um, he's, he's adopted. And so his adopted parents are Maltese, like extremely Maltese, like first generation, like born over in Malta, come over here like as immigrants. Yeah. And so he's very European in himself. He doesn't look it, but he's very European. Um, and then he, she also said that um, we're both extremely fertile so that when we get together, we better be very careful. And so for those of you who don't know, I fell pregnant six weeks after our first date. <laughs> and then she said that you would ha- you would own two houses in the first three years, which we did. We owned two houses in the first three years. Um, and she said that I would have twins, which we did, but we lost one. Um, I can't remember what else. She, she said so many things that were just like, mind-blowing when it when it all sort of started to happen Mm. and life started to happen but it's a long time away like I had to wait you know six seven years ten years before I finally see that whole reading come to light and come to life but she was bang on that's so good she knew her craft yeah she did yeah um so when it comes to spreads um do you recommend that people and I know that you're like I'm not a tarot queen by any means but would you recommend that people start off with the basic kind of like Celtic spread and the traditional cross and just kind of work your way into the complexity and the and the because there's so many different spreads that you can do and some of them involve the whole deck it's crazy yeah I would definitely start off simple yeah and then work your way from there and get to know the cards like get to know each one and and what they mean whether they're right side up or reversed and yeah it's a do you it's a whole do you also have the not the belief but the tradition that um that you should be gifted your first set of tarot I don't know I don't know like I was gifted my first set of tarot um but I think you can gift one to yourself I don't see anything wrong with that. I think it's a very old superstition. Um, yeah, I think that's well up for interpretation, that one. Yeah, I don't think it's so... Well, I probably wouldn't use the word superstition because I know it's tradition because yes. I had many mentors through my psychic development share and they didn't know each other. You know, they okay, all yeah. shared that it's a tradition that is passed okay. down from mentor Rather to mentor tra- and family to family. So maybe it's just traditions that reach some people and don't reach others like your traditions aren't the same as my traditions and all the rest of it 
Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think that it means that you can't have it if you if it's not passed down or that you're not meant to have it. Like yeah. if you want to go and get yourself a tarot deck, get yourself a tarot deck. Um, yeah. But for me, um, when I inherited my first tarot deck, which was in 2000 and uh, I want to say 17, 18, um, I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> it's finally arrived and now I don't know what to do with it and now I don't <laughs> even want to do anything with it. And as much as I tried, I just couldn't get into it. So it's kind of like, well, what's the point of that tradition? Because for me it doesn't feel like it's going to get carried on. But I don't yeah. know, maybe it skips. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, maybe one of your kids will be fascinated with it and you can gift it on to them or mm. maybe yeah um harley our eldest is getting very 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 um like his abilities are starting to ramp up like yeah it's, it's happening consistently on a daily basis just it's it's bizarre and he, he he's like I don't know whether I'm scared or whether I think it's cool, but, like, (laughs) when's it going to stop? And I'm like, it's not. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. He's getting to that age, I guess, when it does ramp up. Yeah, that's it. And it's cool because I get to share it, you know. Yeah, and thank goodness he's got you. You're, like, an amazing uh, mentor for other people, let alone your own children. So he's Mm. got, like, the right mum, that's for sure. (laughs) Yay. Right mum, right son. Um, Okay. (laughs) So um, where can you buy tarot decks? Like you can get them everywhere, can't you? You can oh, get them at wherever think, Oracle cards are. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can even get them from like bookshops. Not, mm. You don't have to go to like a new age store. It can be, yeah, bookshops online. I guess that's one way to get around the gifting thing. If you bought one online, the postman <laughs> delivers it and it's in a box and you can just, you know, Take the surprised. gift wrapping, yeah, add it like do a gift note in the in the notes comment <laughs> section of when you order it. Um, That's it. So when you get a new tarot deck or um, if you were in, if you inherited a deck, whether it's tarot or oracle, what is your process before you use it? I would definitely cleanse it. Yeah, I think with any deck, cleansing it first and getting to know the cards once again, like infusing your energy into them. Uh, and I guess that transfers over into like if you do a reading for someone else or someone else handles your cards. Like I don't know how you feel about that, but I know I've got decks in my house where, you know, the kids might pick it up and have a play with it. Um, yeah, I definitely cleanse, cleanse the deck. Uh, and I always I have a little habit where I tap three times on the back of my deck before I, I do a layout as well. That's quite common. Knock, I see that a lot. Knock any energy out. Yeah. Mm. I'm actually extremely strict with my cards. Yeah. So I'm the only person who has touched my Crystal Mandala Oracle cards that I know of. Yeah. Um, if someone else picks them up, it's almost like someone's stealing my newborn baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have decks like that too. Yeah. Yeah. That I've only touched and I'll only use. And they stay so... I have a clear quartz crystal that um, when they're not in use, they sit in one spot um, and the clear quartz quartz crystal sits on top of it at all times Mm -hmm. unless it's in use. Um, And just you you can't touch them. Like you you just don't, Mm. just don't touch them. But I will, I will sage them. I will incense them. I will consistently cleanse them almost as often as I take the rubbish out. Yeah, yep. Um, 
And I'm very conscious of it, especially that deck, because I feel like I am one with that deck and I am not letting anything come between us. Mm. Um, and and at this, this Kyle Gray deck, um, which is the Angels and Ancestors deck, uh, it's starting to become very dear to me like the Crystal Mandala Oracle deck and I'm, I'm pretty much at the point now where I have started to notice that I am doing a very similar thing with them when I finish using them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm now putting them away so that little prying eyes um, and little dog paws can't find them. Yeah. Um, and so and, and it's interesting how certain decks will do that for me and some won't. Like I've got mm-hmm. six, seven decks out in the lounge room um, that are available for anyone to pick up at any time. Yeah. Um, my moon deck is out there. Um, the All the decks are out there. And I don't care who plays with them and who touches them. And every mm-hmm. full moon when I sage the house, I sage the decks. Um, but I don't give them any special attention and I have no attachment to them. Yeah. But the ones that I'm attached to, it's like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> don't look at my cards. <laughs> I'm hearing you. Well, I've got a few decks um, that sit right next to my bed. And same thing, they have crystals on top. I use them for my personal readings every week I do a spread every Monday it's just a habit I have to kind of see what's coming up for the week ahead and yeah I don't read for other people with those I don't even let yeah the kids or boo touch them that's my sacred decks um and the ones they are I've got um the Starseed Oracle by Rebecca Campbell um this beautiful Gaia deck by Tony Carmine Salerno that was one of the first Oracle decks I got many years ago and um also the saltwater reading cards by Laura Bowen so they're an Aboriginal um deck they're beautiful artwork and they are so spot on uh so they're kind of the three that are like my hands off don't touch they're sacred my sacred tools uh I also have a new favorite um the Dragon Magic Cards by Lucy Cavendish. So they're just like little cards and they don't have a guidebook, but those ones, I've got them out in the living room because they are a bit more like an affirmation style deck, I guess. They don't have the book. So I'm happy for, yeah, the kids to come up and pull a card and and read that. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's funny what ones you're really drawn to and other ones you're like, yeah, I don't mind, you know, you can have a play. That's Mm -hmm. Yeah, they all hold their own energy, that's for sure. They do, absolutely. Mm. And um, what about if you were to, like, what makes you want to buy a deck? Oh, I think it's a combination of things. Like, it's definitely a feeling, but I feel like the artwork definitely, um, I'm a visual person, so the artwork will catch my eye. The name as well usually will draw me to a deck. Uh, yeah, it's, it's an energy thing, isn't it? Mm, it is, because it's not like we need another deck. But yet no. we always end up with these decks. And it's like, where did that come from? I don't know. It's not like I needed it. Um, yeah. But I will teach people to go into a space. If there's lots of them, just put your hands, close your eyes, put your dominant hand over the top and slowly just glide the hand over it. And if you feel heat or cool, open your eyes. That's your deck. And you cannot you you cannot change it. It's like too bad if it's that's you know it. the deck of deck of clowns or whatever. That's yours. <laughs> it's what you need. You better take it um, because they know they they will find you. They're like crystals. They find you. Yeah. You don't find them. In my opinion, they find you. Um, but 
Yeah, I went to the Crystal Castle and for, and I didn't really intend on buying decks and I wanted to just get Laura a little present and um, I was looking at books and then I, I put my hand over like that and when I opened my eyes, I opened it up and I was over the Oracle cards, uh, not yeah. the books. And so I took the Stacey DeMarco one and then I, then I kept hearing two, 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 so then I was like, well, that must be for me, so... Then I got one and then um, I went back to the Crystal Castle a second time and um, went back to the book section and did the exact same thing and came across another deck that I can't even remember what it is that's sitting out there and it's plastic and it's just like, okay, but I haven't connected to it yet because I don't know why, but one day it will. Maybe it's not even for me. Maybe it's going Mm. to – like I remember – when I inherited, I when I inherited my Rider Weight deck, the tarot deck, I inherited a heap of things from a man who passed away, and a lot of metaphysical objects and items and books and teachings and cards and everything. And in there was um, lots of ruins and also um, uh, Egyptology type referenced things. Um, and I am like don't get me wrong, I'm fascinated by all that kind of stuff, but I'm not an Egypt history buff that's going to be go, oh, my God, I've always wanted it, like a, a deck of ancient Egyptology cards. Um, but probably about a month after I unpacked everything and cleansed everything and thanked it and all the rest of it and started to just settle it into my space to see what was going to stay and what was going to go away for later, a new client walked into the space and she's just, she was obsessed with Egypt. And I was just like, I have something for you. And I ended up just gifting it to her. I was like, I don't think this is for me. I think it's come to me for you. So take it. And she was just so ecstatic. She's like, Oh my God, that's so kind of you. Are you sure? I'm like, absolutely. Like, I think a lot of the time when things come, they're just, they're they're, they're traveling. They're fine. You're just a a Mm. source for them, a train or a a tool for them to arrive where they need to be. Mm. So sometimes you you might get a deck or two and and maybe just not then maybe they're not for you maybe it's to pass on yeah not vibing with it mm. Mm. so um, when you so like when you were talking about the tarot deck you were talking about how it's got the 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 pentacles the cups and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. In my Crystal Mandala Oracle deck, um, which I don't know if I remember if I said it was an Alana Fairchild deck, but she, um, in that deck, it's broken down into three. So there's, um, they've all got Crystal Mandalas on them, but the three sections in the deck are Angels, Ascended Masters and Gods and Goddesses. And so in the Oracle card situation in the book usually the book will have like an idea of the spread of how they're supposed to be used too so like in that particular deck I can break it down into three and I can just work with the ascended master energy or just the angels or just the gods and the goddesses yeah so when people buy oracle decks it's really great for you to first of all in my opinion think about what the intention behind the creation of it is and to respect it before you start just using it your own way. Mm. Um, And then secondly as well, like make sure that you're getting the most out of the cards because you could have just picked them up. Like I could have just picked them up and used them the way that I wanted to and not gotten the most out of them, which 
I feel like I had that trap with the Stacey DeMarco moon cards because yeah. they're cards that when you do a full moon spread, it's not um, it's not using all the decks. You have to pull certain cards out ah, okay. to do for the full moon and certain cards out for the new moon. And okay, yeah. when you do the full month spread, you you only use the cards that have the like not all the cards in the moon deck are the phases of the moon. So you you mm-hmm. pull out you do all the phases of the moon in a big circle, and then the cards in the middle are they do something else. Okay, yeah. So like there so are a particular specific, way. Yeah. So don't discount mm. the book, even though, like I've said, like I kind of just do it intuitively and that's how I roll. I never discount what the intention is behind the creator of it. Yeah. So you do learn a lot, though. So you do learn a lot about whatever it is that the deck's about. So I learned so much about Ascended Masters and Gods and Goddesses. I already knew a fair bit about Angels, but that deck was such a teaching deck for me too. So I find that when Oracle decks and Tarot decks come to you, that it's also an indication that the source energy of that deck wants to work with you now. So mm. if you open your eyes or you get gifted an angel deck, then the angels are ready to work with you. Invite that in and get to know them, learn them, be taught by the energy of the deck. And it's a beautiful way to get to know them. And then, you know, if you open it up and it's a spirit animal deck, then great. Spirit animal energy wants to work with you. And you will be so surprised how much you can learn from just playing with cards and reading what they're about and understanding them. Um, it can be it can be such a great way to learn to work with deities and, and all different sources and forces, I think. Mm, no, I love that. It's yeah. so true. Mm. Um, and... Also, what was I just about to say on that one, um, on the moon deck? Um, oh, I can't remember. Gone, gone. Well, speaking about moon decks, there's actually a local um, creator, Lauren, from a, she's got the deck. I don't know if you've heard about it yet, the Modern Bohemian. Yes, and I her have. Deck, yeah, I've done her deck split her. up. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Well, her deck is split up into two. So there's day and night cards. Um, so the theory is you do um, like yeah, half the deck in the morning, the other half at night, and they're like affirmation cards. There's no guidebook. But there's another little connection with that deck is Sarah Bull, who done yeah. a lot of the um, body art for my Oracle deck and did your hair and makeup mm-hmm. for the image, the divine connection image um, of you in the deck. She did all the artwork uh, for that. Did she? Bohemian deck, yes, and it is beautiful. I'm yet to actually get my hands on a copy. I do plan on buying one, but um, yeah, I've seen it online. It looks divine. It looks really beautiful. Yeah, mm. well, cool story. So I actually read for Lauren like the week of her launch. Oh and, wow! Um, her, I think, and obviously I don't remember a lot, and so I might be getting this wrong. So Lauren, if you're listening, please forgive me, but I know it was a grandmother figure. I can't remember if it was her grandmother or her husband's grandmother, but she was particularly close with both of them. And I kept seeing a flower and mm-hmm. um, she, she was taking that as a complete validation because the flower in, I think it was a rose, the flower in on one of the cards and I think on the front of the deck, forgive me if I'm wrong, um, was to honour her, her the oh, grandmother figure beautiful. and it, it sort of came from that um, mm. because of her. 
And so that was so beautiful that that connection came through and that validation came through for her. It made her feel that she was doing the right thing and that this, yeah. this investment and this this desire to want to pour into that was was something that she was being supported by. It's such a beautiful, beautiful connection. Yeah, because it's a huge thing. It's a, as a creator of an Oracle deck, um, you do put so much of yourself into those How cards. How do you know? And- oh I might have my own deck out there yeah you you kind of say that like you have done it (laughs) (laughs) well yeah like well you were there for that whole process um Mm -hmm. you read my proofs and um yeah it was an amazing uh source for me to bounce things off and but yeah, it's, it's so much of yourself goes into those cards. And I guess that's another way of looking at the decks as well as the creators of those decks. There's a little piece of them in there or whatever um, beings that they've worked with to create those images and words. It's, it's yeah, kind of blows your mind, really. There's, it's a whole world out there. And I think with Oracle as well, I think that's why I'm drawn to it because I can maybe pull even one card and it's so heavily um layered with meaning just one card potent it is it's really potent yeah uh and your cards so if if anyone's listening and it's you know you don't need a new deck but you're going to get a new deck or for anyone's (laughs) listening who doesn't have a deck of oracle cards and want wants one get yourself the of earth and ether oracle deck from our resident witch shannon cottrell um because not only are they homegrown um but it is. It's fine art. It's it's art. It's art on cards that pack a punch. That have I, like I saw. I witnessed the entire process, and I know how much is behind each and every single one of those cards, and the box, and the the lettering, everything into it. Like I've seen the behind the scenes creation of it, and. It's got a lot in it and you'll get a lot out of it if you buy it. Um, And I'm in it. (laughs) You are. Your card number six is Tracy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah, check out the – you have them on Asher Moon, don't you? I do. I've got them on both Asher Moon and Shannon Cottrell. So, yeah, of Earth and Ether, the Oracle card is, or the deck, I should say. Mm. Yeah, go and get yourself one because, you know, like you need one. (laughs) And I need you to buy them because I've got, like, a lot of them. (laughs) 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 I self-published. That was a big thing. It was, yeah. Yeah, you know what? Like, sometimes things just take a little while. Plus, you've got your sacred stones and, like, Give them a minute. Give I know. them a minute. I've kind of had a lot going on when I sit back and think about it. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Just like, a little bit. Yeah, it was like, okay, I've given birth to Sacred Stones. Okay, I've given birth to an Oracle deck. Okay, I've given birth to Sister Circles. Okay, I've given birth to a podcast. <laughs> In how long? In like a year? Oh, my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Yeah, when you put it like that. Oh. Yeah. Don't wow. worry, I'm watching. <laughs> I'm seeing it all. But that that's a lesson in that is to like how much love and how much attention have you put towards the cards for them to be seen and noticed and you're getting the direct response to that. But I'm going to give you a shameless plug and I'm going to give card number six a shameless plug in that deck. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah. So what is the divine tool of the week? Did you like that the one? The divine tool of the week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
love it how your little Divine Tool of the Week singing is different every episode. It's, I know, and I want I never it to know just what I'm be get. completely random. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon next week you put on like a goth voice, like okay. a... Okay. Divine tool of the week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that good? Oh, that was awesome. So this week it is the pendulum because I figured we're talking about divination, so uh-huh. it's a, a good tool to bring up. But before we talk about it, I'd love to get your opinion um, regarding the energy that flows behind the pendulum. So I've always thought it's like my higher self. It's tapping into my higher self. But I know of other people who feel that they're, you know, they ask their spirit guides or angels to give them uh, the answers through the pendulum. But, yeah, I'd love to know what, what you think. There is no wrong or right answer. It is all of that. So just mm-hmm. like with, um, so as a medium, when I receive information, sometimes I'm receiving it just from your spirit guides speaking to my spirit guides. Sometimes I'm receiving it from your people that you've known who have now crossed over into the afterlife. Sometimes I'm receiving it from angels, ascended masters, gods, goddesses. I could be receiving it from any source, except I know my source and I choose my source mm. before my source chooses me. And so it's the same with pendulum. There. I guess it depends on what your intention is. So my, when I use my pendulum, which I have it for a while because I broke it, um, but when I use a pendulum, I set the intention of the source that I want to use. So if it's work for me, I use my higher self. If it's work for others, I invite the same sources in that I would if I was doing mediumship. Um, but, and I, I mean, I'm conditioned and experienced enough to know the subtleties that let me know who's here telling me this information. But there Mm. is no right or wrong. It's just what your preference is. But I always, whenever I'm teaching anything, the first thing that we do is cleanse, ground and protect. And the second things we do is teach that you need to know your source before you Mm. you continue. If you don't know your source or you're not sure, stop. Yeah, fair enough. Because it could be anyone. Yeah. And you want to, like, you really want to develop a relationship with the source that you're working with. You know, you want to be able to trust them, you want to be able to recognize them. You want to know what it feels like and you want to be able to give it everything and not have any kind of little residual or small amount of like uh, kind of attached to it. And mm. the only way you can build a relationship with with a source or anyone really in, in general is if you know who they are. Yeah. So does no, that answer that. that question? That sure does. I thought that would just be something that might come up for people that hear about this tool that they might not be sure about. So that's wonderful. Thank you. And because if you use pendulums on um, like spirit boards, obviously mm-hmm. you know that the source is a person that's crossed over. Yeah. So yeah, it, it really just depends on what you, why you're using your pendulum. True. Mm. Well, I shall give everyone a rundown of what a pendulum is in case our listeners are out there going, what the heck's a pendulum? (laughs) What's she talking about? (laughs) So a pendulum is another tool you can use for divination and it's defined as an object attached to the end of a string or a metal chain. And when suspended from a stationary position, the pendulum will swing back and forth or in a circular motion. So pendulums can be made from a variety of materials, including crystals, wood, glass and metal. And I have also been known to use a piece of my hair and a wedding band if I'm stuck for not having a pendulum on me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or even a pendant on like a necklace that I'm wearing if it's got a pendant hanging off it. So they're used as a form of divination by asking a question to receive a yes or a no answer, depending on which way the pendulum swings. So 
This does differ from person to person, but mine typically uh, is a to and fro motion for yes and circles for no, but that is very individual for everyone. And pendulums or pendulums can also be used in the process of dousing, which seeks out any blockages in the auric field. So I've done this when doing Reiki healing on people and it's a very easy way to see which chakras might need more work before a healing session. So how do you use a pendulum? Like first of all, you need to understand the directional swing. So I will cleanse and clear my space, settle my own energy and sit quietly holding the pendulum in my dominant hand between my thumb and forefinger. I then ask it to show me a yes and take note of how it swings and then stop the pendulum and then I'll ask it to show me a no and once again noting the movement. So you can ask also for a neutral sign, although I find for me uh, if it's not a definitive yes or no answer, it just kind of stays there and doesn't do anything. So it's imperative to proceed the question session with a prayer or intention. So it's as simple as saying something along the lines of, it is my intention to receive truthful answers which will serve the highest good of all concerned. And from there, you can ask your questions and take note of the responses. And keep in mind to ask questions that can actually be answered with a yes or no. And make sure you completely stop the pendulum motion in between questions to clear any lingering energies that may pertain to the previous question you asked. You might also like to write down the responses in your notebook or grimoire. And it's also a great idea to cleanse and clear your pendulum before and after use, just as you would with any other divination or magical tool. And that is a pendulum. Mm, In a nutshell. In a nutshell. Yeah, I love pendulums. I think that they're um, they're very useful. Um, but I have a question. Yes. Tarot, oracle, pendulum. We did sort of touch on this early, very early on in the episode. What is your opinion or what is your belief or thoughts around who gets to use them? Anybody. So you do not have to be a witch or a medium anyone can use these tools. It's about tapping into your own divine guidance, whether that's your higher self or your angels, your guides. Uh, yeah, you don't have to have special like special qualifications. You can, yeah, as long as you connect with that tool, it's beautiful. Build a relationship with it. Couldn't mm. agree more. And everyone has to start somewhere. And these tools of divination are beautiful ways to learn that connection between the spiritual realms and the never, never. Um, Mm. But, you know, if you, if you want to just pick one up and don't know what you're doing, just go gently, just feel your way through it. And everyone starts somewhere. And the only thing really that makes the difference between, you know, being a witch or a psychic medium or someone who is, um, you know, just a tarot reader or just a, an oracle card user or pendulum user is that we've just got more experience with it. We just mm. understand it a little bit more and we couldn't have that if we didn't use it. So everyone's going to start somewhere and everyone can and there's no reason why you can't. So to choose a pendulum, I would do the same thing as an oracle. I tend to go into a store that I trust because I like crystal pendulums, but I have been known to do makeshift pendulums along the way as well. (laughs) Um, And also in the pagan, in the Irish pagan tradition, it's very common to use your wedding band as your pendulum. It's 
so it's it's more of a cultural traditional thing anyway as well but um, I typically use crystals and so I will go into a crystal store where I trust that the crystals are from a um, reliable and sustainable ethically sourced space um, and then I will hold my hand up and um, I'll close my eyes at first and I'll basically just um, ask that the crystal that would like to work with me shows itself today and then I'll open my eyes and I'll move my hand across all of them and I'll see which one moves towards my hand and it's the first one that gets there. It's the first one that moves to the center of my hand, to my healing hand. So um, that's how I choose a pendulum. It's not how everybody mm-hmm. does. It's not the right way to do it or the wrong way to do it, but it's how I do it. So feel free to steal it if you have no idea what you're doing. Um, <laughs> but it's cool. It's really cool to see that you can move your hand across four, five, six pendulums and nothing happens and all of a sudden you get to one, it just starts moving towards your hand and so Mm. you see it happen and you see the connection and nothing can beat that. It's almost like, oh, you want to come home with me? Okay, you can come (laughs) home with me. (laughs) That's amazing and I think that's another thing with using these divination tools. For me, it it proves that, like even though I know this, but energy is real, like energy (laughs) It's so real. I know we can't see it, but you can feel it. And through using these tools, it just becomes more and more apparent. And I think consistency is key as well. So absolutely, uh, use, use it regularly. Yeah. And, and build, build that relationship, build that practice. And on that note, I've got one last thing to add before we wrap it up, that if you do have a set of oracle or tarot or pendulum that you've had sitting in the back of the cupboard or somewhere in a drawer somewhere and you haven't used it in a while, you can get them out and you can use a full moon to cleanse them. You can use sage to cleanse them. You can use running water for the pendulums. Um, you can use incense to cleanse them. You can even just put them out under the new moonlight uh, and just set a new intention for them to serve you from now and here and this space and to um, set the intention that they become your best friend, that they become a divine tool for you, a connection to the afterlife or a connection to source or spirit. Um, Say whatever you want. There's no wrong or right in any of this, but before you start using them, if you have gotten them out, be mindful that sometimes, especially with crystals, that if you haven't used them in a while, they can be so charged or so almost dead in their energy that they'll break the minute that you start using them. So don't get upset. It's not a, like a, some kind of omen to just say, no, don't use a pendulum. They, <laughs> they break and they break when they're ready to leave. They break when that crystal's ready to leave you because it no longer suits your vibration. I break, I break crystals all the time because usually I'm too strong for them. And so they just break all the time. And or, or I'm just too, um, not strong, but I'm too uh, open to them. And so it, they only need them in really small micro doses for them to do what they need to do, not big doses. And pendulums can be quite big. So mm. when when we work our energy together, I weaken the crystal because I'm too strong for the charge that's going through it. And I didn't mm-hmm. cleanse it enough. So it broke the minute that I picked it up and wanted to use it again. The tip just went chook through nothing. Yeah. I just picked it up and I went... And I'm like, well, you were waiting to do that right in front of me, weren't you, to make me feel bad? So use them a lot, but make sure you're cleansing them as appropriately mm. as much as you're using them. And take that seriously too, because when it is time to want to use them, even if it's a daily practice that you're using them and you're not looking after them and cleansing them and giving them that love with a crystal sitting on top of the cards or a cleanse as often as you can or sitting them out in the moonlight, they stop um, They stop with their potency as well. So they're not, mm. they're not as reliable at that stage because they're weak. And so we want them to be fit and strong and vital for us as a source. So mm. make sure you look after them. They're not a joke. They're, they are divine tools and they, they are yeah. very sacred and they're very um, 
very embedded in the rituals of paganism, but also in in this whole area of spirituality. Um, mm. So treat them that way. Treat them that way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, one more thing before we finish off is you don't have to use just one deck either uh, when doing reading. So I know myself, I like to mix them up. So like pull a card from three decks for my three card reading and when they line up, it's amazing because you know they're from three separate cards, mm-hmm. three separate creators, three separate energies, and yet that thread, that common theme will run through them and that's another little thing you can do too, mix yeah. it up. Which really just makes you just go, oh, you're watching, aren't you? you yep. You're all here, aren't you? <laughs> this can't be a coincidence. Goosebumps. Yep. Yeah. So, and that's great for development. It's great for confidence and for you to just develop a relationship that you're just like, okay, this has happened every day for the last month. When am I going to start trusting it? When am I going to start yeah. believing it? That's so it thing. really helps. Well, yeah. I hope our listeners have really enjoyed this episode of a brief, but in some areas, deep overview of the tarot and the oracle and if you don't have a deck or you it's time that you don't need a new deck go and buy (laughs) (laughs) shannon's deck over at asha moon and we will see you next week we will and have a great week ahead and be sure to shoot us an email or a message if you have any questions as well we'd love to hear from you and tell us if you got a deck or send us some photos of you using Shannon's deck or your favourite deck or whatever yeah, that we can share awesome. on our socials. Please do. Yeah. All right. I get a Bye. kick out of that. <laughs> Bye. Bye.